Hello there, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Low Definition. Not a product of Canada, definitely not a name change, and a thin veneer sloppily pasted over the top of a well-known copyrighted board game. I'm your host, Steve Lutz, and joining me is the finest group of word lovers ever to play this game, while it has been called Low Definition. I'm talking about people like Brian Hamilton. Hello, Brian. Wow, I'm one of the finest. I really appreciate that. Um, of course, right now I'm the only one, so. Uh, we also have Tony Sindelar. Hello, Tony. Hello, nerds. Hello, Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? This is Glenn Fleischman. I'll take body parts for 400, Steve. Um, is that how much you charge? That's how much I charge to take body parts. <laughs> also here is Aline Sims. Hello, Aline. So I'm picturing you with an unabridged dictionary in front of you that you're like rapidly flipping through to find these esoteric words. Is that yes, correct? That is, okay. that is exactly right. Physical unabridged dictionary. Okay, good. Good. Very physical. Yeah. Uh, and also here's David J. Lore again, as always. Hello, David. Action castle. Castle, 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 castle. That is not this game. What? Joining us as well is Jason Snell. Hello, Jason. How are you tonight? I'm glad to be here on this first edition of a of a thing that is not at all like the other thing that we did before. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we can do about that. All right. So, what are the rules of low definition? They may be familiar to some of you who have played other games in the past. <laughs> This is how it goes. At the beginning of each round, I will read a dictionary word. Well, a word that was in some dictionary somewhere. Some reference work. Could be a slang dictionary. But the idea is that it is an obscure word that you have probably not heard before. Except David's have, probably heard of it. Except David's probably heard of it because <laughs> yeah. he knows all the words. <laughs> I will read it. I will spell it. And then you each have an opportunity to write a definition for that word. If you know the actual definition, send me that. If you don't know the definition, you need to write up a fake definition that you think will fool the other participants into thinking that that is the correct definition. Uh, when I have all the definitions, I will read them, and each of you will have a chance to choose what you think is the correct definition for the word. Points are then assigned as follows. You get one point for each person that you fool with your fake definition. You get two points if you correctly guess the actual definition of the word. Uh, if you knew the word, you get three points. Uh, and if nobody guesses the correct definition for the word, this is new, so prepare yourselves. <gasps> I, your humble host, get six points. Six points! What? Six wow. points. That's a crazy number, I know. It's, it's a very Canadian number. These are American points. That's the difference. Yeah. Since we played 18, <laughs> the reasons for which are lost in the mists of time, uh, that means that three missed uh, definitions means that I win the game and you all lose. So let's try to avoid that. Yes, let's. Really? Mm -hmm. All right. So any questions, Glenn? Uh, <laughs> how many fingers am I holding up? Glenn has questions. <laughs> Remember, Glenn, tonight you're telling the truth. No, no, wait a minute. What? Standard move minor, Glenn. Don't, don't confuse uh, Glenn. <laughs> what are you doing? This is going to go great. Yes. Yes, it is. And so, since there are no further questions, let's start with round one. Seems like a good place to start. So, the word for round one in this, the first episode of Low Definition, is porphyropsin. Porphyropsin. That is oh, spelled. Porphyropsin. <laughs> Hardly knew him. It's spelled P O R P H Y R O P S I N. Porphyropsin. Please send me your fake definitions now. 
You know, technically, you could just come up with a bunch of fake definitions and just randomly assign them to <laughs> whatever word. What, what fun would that be? It would be not very fun. We like to have the illusion that we're crafting, handcrafting, based on Latin and Greek roots, words that seem, definitions that seem like they could be accurate. That's the dream. That's what we're playing with here. So you guys are here because you like words. I'm here because I think words need to get knocked out a couple notches. So it's like fake definitions wow. for words. Stupid words. Yeah, words. Think you're so great. I can come up with a better definition. Hmm. That's three P's in this word. That's a lot of P's. That's a lot. A lot of pee, yeah. Chock full of yeah. peas. The secret is more peas. Rosebud <laughs> frozen peas. <laughs> the day that the Martians attacked. I remember it well. I was eating Gino's pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All of the definitions are in. And uh, I'm going to have to stop inviting David Lore on the show because... <laughs> No. Once again, he has come up with the correct answer. So his answer gets thrown out. I I will say it's only because of a play that I knew that, and not mine. Yeah, but that's like that's the reason you know all the words, right? (laughs) Yeah, boo. Not really. More for options, the thing. He's. I have yet to know a word (laughs) at all. Well, David, thanks for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the word was. Porphyropsin. These are the definitions. You need to choose which one is the real definition of this word. So here they are. A tool used in the smelting process. A small member of the porpoise family. A skin condition in which the sufferer has throbbing pustules on the face, hands, and feet that have the sensation of burning like fire. Oh. An ancient... (laughs) Sounds good. An ancient Greek material used in pottery... A purple pigment found in the retina of freshwater fishes. A hormone that aids in the creation of melanin in the skin. Those are the definitions. Now you need to figure out which one is real. Do we talk amongst ourselves? No. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all have to reach a don't consensus break the game. and then everybody don't break wins. break the game, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> How do we vote? All right, first vote? up to, uh, to guess is Brian. Brian, what say you? Which one of those is the real definition? I'm torn between a pigment and the uh, horrible, horrible uh, skin (laughs) condition. Hmm. I never thought I'd say that sentence aloud. Um, (laughs) So you're going skin either way. I'm (laughs) going... All right. I'm going with the horrible, horrible skin condition. All right. Tony. Uh, I'm also interested in the skin condition, but my heart tells me pottery, so I'm going to go with pottery. Your heart tells you pottery. The the object used in Greek uh, pottery Makes perfect sense. Is the Wrong Pottery Enthusiast podcast. Mm. Secretly, all my podcasts are pottery enthusiast podcasts. (laughs) It's an undercurrent. just have to read between the lines. Yeah. Glenn, which one of those do you think is the real definition? Well, I like pottery, but... uh, Who who doesn't like pottery? I prefer pustules, so I gotta go. I think that sounds more likely. Who mm. prefers pustules? Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, it's kind of... Mm. What, I'm a dictionary now? Aline, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I, I'm i thinking pottery. Greek pottery. Mm. Greek Greek bimodal pottery. distribution. Yeah, all right. David, we skip because he knew it. <laughs> and uh, Jason, what do you think? Dictionary. It's pustules. It's pustules. It's pustules. It's pottery and pustules all the way down. All right, well... The skin condition in which the sufferer has throbbing pustules on the face, hands, and feet that have the sensation of burning like fire. 
which were written on a card would take up the entire back of the card was in fact Glenn Fleischman's. Yeah, that was way definition. too low to be an actual. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, you do not actually get points for the uh, for choosing your own. However, you may have oh. roped in Jason mm, by uh, voting for that. So it was a good it was a good move. All right. uh, we also have an ancient Greek material used in pottery that was guessed by Tony and Aline. That was Brian's definition. Nice <laughs> job, Brian. Boom. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, it uh, it would mean that I get six points, except David got the right answer, so <laughs> we simply move on. So which, tell us what the right which answer was. Is. Mm. Stephen Lutz. The right answer was a purple pigment found in the retina of uh, freshwater fishes. How close was David's definition? That sounds really specific. David's definition was a purple color found in the eyes of some freshwater fish. Oh, good. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so very accurate. Yeah, yep. very wow. accurate. Right. Yes, there was no way I could uh, I could blow it off. It, it David, can you tell us what play that's featured in? The well, Porphyria is in the Madness of George the Third. Yeah, and it is filled with some wonderful, horrible purple stained costumes and props. Yeah, I knew Porphyria was a skin condition, but I didn't. Yeah, but that's why Glenn fooled me. Mm-hmm. And porphyropsin then is the the pigment, the element. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who gets so, points from this? Anybody get points? Here's how the points shake out. <laughs> Glenn, you get two points <laughs> for fooling Brian and Jason. Okay. All right. Brian gets two points for fooling Tony and Aline. David gets three points for knowing the correct definition. All right, so at the end of the first round, David is in the lead with three points. Uh, Glenn and Brian each have two points. Everybody else has nada. Hmm. Moving on to round... Two. At least I didn't say it was insect-flavored pustules. <laughs> that's that's round two. <laughs> the word for round two is ozostomia. Ozostomia. O-Z-O-S-T-O-M-I-A. Ozostomia. Please send me your definitions. Now. I used to have a beach house in ozostomia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so delightfully peaceful when you guys are writing definitions. The voices inside my head don't stop talking. Eat it, they say. Eat it. Castle, 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 castle. <laughs> Billy? Oh. Billy? Oh, no, no, no. I wonder what the overlap is going to be between Total Party Kill and this episode. <laughs> After that, it'll be bigger, I hope. I don't know. Yeah, hey, remember when we went to a haunted house and nothing happened? <laughs> oh, I see. I shouldn't have picked mine. I should have picked the right answer. Now I get it. Oh, Glenn. <laughs> what are you doing, Glenn? You're supposed to make everybody think you did that on purpose. <laughs> crazy like a fox. I couldn't figure out the right answer, so I picked the mine. The fox is itself crazy, <laughs> but... Stay tuned for our new game show, Glenn! <laughs> <laughs> Every week, there are new That's... rules, and Glenn breaks them. <laughs> I would totally listen to that. <laughs> I think that's every game show I've ever <laughs> Except Jeopardy. Jeopardy, strange enough, I did not break any rules on it. Oh, God, here's Jeopardy again. They're the professionals. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Jeopardy uh. has, has evolved intricate systems over the course of decades to prevent people like you from ruining it. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, the definitions are in for Ozostomia. Here they are. Listen up. An image etched on metal, traditionally brass. Part of the atmosphere just below the ozone layer. A type of cancer impacting the orbital cavity. A gas given off by plants native to rainforests. Bad breath, semicolon, halitosis. 
an open wound that allows air to escape from the chest cavity. Oh. The part of a succulent plant that handles respiration. Those are the definitions. You guys just have to pick out the real one. Mm. It's really easy. First up, Tony, which one of those do you think is real? I am going to go with the part of the succulent plant involved in respiration. All right. Glenn? I'm going with rainforest plants. Rainforest plants. Okay. If that is actually an answer. A gas given off by plants native to rainforests. That's it. That's what I want. If it's about gas given off, it's got to be Glenn. <laughs> Aline. You know, I'm, I'm again going to follow Tony's lead and say the uh, succulent plant respiration. Worked so well for us last time. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty fantastic <laughs> in round Super one. payoff. David. Well, I'm, I'm tempted by the respiration. We all are. But I, but I think I'm going to go with bad tempted breath. Tempted by the respiration. All yes, right, yes, bad yes. breath, semicolon, halitosis. Jason. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, type of cancer. A type of cancer impacting the orbital cavity and Brian. I'm jumping on the respiration bandwagon. Okay. <laughs> Everybody likes to breathe. What yeah. are you, what Who doesn't do? like breathing? You don't, because you got to edit it out. It's true. Nine out of ten doctors recommend breathing. All right. Well, Jason Snell guessed that it was a type of cancer impacting the orbital cavity. It was not. That was Aline's answer. <laughs> I got a point. <laughs> Best day ever. Yippee! <laughs> Glenn Fleischman believed that ozostomia was a gas given off by plants native to rainforests. Nope, that was Brian's good, answer. Good. <laughs> uh, David Lohr believed that the correct answer was bad breath, semicolon, halitosis. Tipped off by the semicolon, David has picked the correct oh, definition. Oh, semicolon! Yeah, I thought, mm. yeah, that was my other choice, damn it. Oh. Tipped off by the Greek root stomas. Yeah. And three of you, count them, three of you, Tony, Aline, and Brian, thought that the part of a succulent plant that handles respiration was ozostomia. Nope, it was Glenn. Of course it was. Three points uh. for Glenn. <sighs> Quid pro quo, Glenn. The, the clue was in it. I breathe heavily. Respiration. Mm. <laughs> See? <laughs> I even gave it to you. Never trust me. So, three points for Glenn, two for David, and one each for Aline and Brian. I get nothing once again. It's okay, Steve. Steve. I'm down here with you. Me too. Excellent. Where is your Dan now, Jason? So, at the end of two rounds, we have a tie for first between David and Glenn, each with five points. In second, Brian with three. In third, Aline with one. Everybody else is in last with zero. My preferred way of winning is to never get the right answer. I like to win, but only have gotten the things wrong. Mm. Interesting. Winning through failing. That's wow. A, Must be nice to win so much that you have preferred ways of winning. a unique approach. <laughs> New definition for glenning. All right, round three. Round three is different than other rounds you might have played. This is a fiction round. This is a fictional term, not a real English term. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, the others have been real? Believe it or not, yes. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, it is, this is part of a fictional work. I'm not telling you what kind, but because it is an act or, or a, uh, a work of fiction... Uh, you don't have Latinate roots to depend on, so I'm going to give you guys a category to kind of narrow things down. The category for round three is aliens. Aliens is the category, so this word has something to do with the word aliens. And this word is spemen. 
S P E M I N. Please tell me what is a spemen. I memorized the entire dictionary. This is outrageous. <laughs> I knew I would get you with this. Now you have to uh, memorize all works of fiction. Gonna take a day at least. What's the word again? Spemen. <laughs> spemen. Spemen. Speed demon. S P E M I N. Seen one spemen. You've seen them all. <laughs> It's the sound of Steve's spreadsheet, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, the word was spemen. These are the definitions. The dangerous pointy end of the tail used for attacking enemies. Again, the category here was aliens. A secretion from the asplund sac on the back of the neck, which keeps the alien's head and eye stalks moist. A flying craft appropriate for low-gravity worlds. The thrusters of a small transport ship. A race of spacefaring gelatinous blobs who demand that other races grovel before them. A symbiotic creature that is worn by Larry Niven's tiger-like Xin as a sunshield. A fast, vicious creature, semicolon, it roughly resembles a jaguar with six legs. Those are the definitions for Speeman. One of those dumb definitions is real. <laughs> Well, I mean, fake real. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be honest here. Realer Real than the others. Let me okay, say yeah. Unless there's something I don't know about. Actually, no, the they're equivalently world. real. Somebody made up this word, and, and you guys made up a bunch of definitions. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. First to guess in this round is Glenn. Glenn, what do you think? I am going from about like the uh, eye sack, eye stalk moistening secretion. Ah, yes. That's. From the Asplund sack. Well, so specific, is either really right or really wrong? It's SAC, by the way, in case you were wondering what variety oh, of sack we were discussing here. That was a I, I, I was going sure. to ask, yeah. Aline, which of these is the correct definition? Uh, the, the tail one. The tail one. David. I like the specificity of Larry Niven, but. I think I might have remembered that from reading Larry Niven, so I don't know. But I like specificity, and I like I like the grossness of secretions. That came out who, wrong. Who doesn't? Tonight on the yeah. Lifetime Network. <laughs> it's all respiration and secretions here. Um, but, I, you know, I kind of like Space Blobs, because that just sounds like a good show. I would watch Space Blobs. Space Blobs. So uh, you're gonna pick one of these, or are you just I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go? To I'm gonna go with space blobs. <laughs> space blobs for David. Okay, Jason. I was gonna go with space blobs, <laughs> but I'm gonna change now and go with the vicious creature that looks like a six-legged jaguar. Okay, six-legged jaguar for Jason. Brian. Space blobs can't go wrong. Space blobs. Space blobs has been filmed in front of a live audience. And Tony. <laughs> uh, one of them was like a craft, right? Yes, a flying craft appropriate for low-gravity worlds. I'll take that. Take it. And like it. <laughs> All right, we might as well start with that one. Then Tony believed that uh, Speeman was a flying craft appropriate for low-gravity worlds. That was, in fact, Glenn's definition. Oh. See, you go against the grain. Lean thought that the dangerous pointy end of the tail used for attacking enemies sounded good. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was Brian's answer. Uh, Hi, Brian. Brian. How's it going? <laughs> Glenn thought that it was the funky secretion from <laughs> yeah. the Asplund sack. I have no idea what Asplund sack is, but it sounds really foul. That was, in fact, from David Lore. 
Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know what an asplend sack is either. But yeah, that guy loves sacks. You can yeah. tell. Jason went with a fast, vicious creature, roughly resembling a jaguar with six legs. That was, in fact, the creation of Tony Sindelar. Oh. I'm on the board. Oh. Good job, Tony. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Real. Yeah. Fake real. Meanwhile, David and Brian both went with the race of spacefaring gelatinous blobs. Well, two more points for David Lore. Space blob! Uh, and two oh. for Brian Hamilton. That was, in fact, the correct answer. The Speeman, of I course, are the... Never second-guess uh, myself. The egotistical... <laughs> That's twice, isn't it? Yep. And obsequious alien race from the game Starflight. Ooh. I've never played Starflight. Old school. Oh, it's really good. It's still worth playing. I've never even heard of Spaceflight. So, uh, let's see. Brian and David each get three points. Glenn gets one. Jason, uh, I'm sorry, nope. Tony gets one. <laughs> Jason gives one I give to Tony. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once again, I get nothing. So, you at me, the Steve. end of round three, <laughs> taking up the rear. It's, cool. it's nice back here. It's, it's uh, good. It's calm. There's, there's some shade back here. Plenty of elbow room. Uh-huh. So, David is way out front with eight. Uh, tied up in second is Brian and Glenn with six points. Um, lingering behind just a hair, Tony and Aline each have one. <laughs> <laughs> Jason and I are lingering even farther behind with nada. Yeah. Keeps you away from the Osplund side, though. Yeah. you got to admit that's a good Man, thing. at this rate, we're not even going to make it to the crazy round. <sighs> it's a What's going blobs. on here, David? Oh, I, okay, I'll throw it. I'll throw it. I like the crazy round. All right. I miss the crazy round. Round four. A lot of secretions in the crazy round. The word for round four. I swear to God, I didn't even notice that this word was coming right after Speeman. The word is Burgoo. <laughs> oh, Bergoo. come on! Okay. The word is spelled B-U-R-G-O-O. Burgoo. Please send me your definitions for Burgoo. Now. This is a real word, correct? Yes. Thank God. Ronald McDonald Speeman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow, that's one step below human Santa beat, I think. Speeman. Definitions, gathering definitions for Pagoo. It's a real word. Doesn't even sound like one, though. But it's real, I swear. I got it out of a dictionary. Oh, gosh. I don't even. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even. To start it with a large or a small, <laughs> and then it just writes itself after that. A medium. And a se- stick a semicolon in there. And man, I don't recommend you use a large or a small, however. Invented by Wilhelm Burgoo. A large or a small thing. Bigger than bread box, smaller than action castle. Bread box, bread box, bread box. Action castle. Castle castle. All right, all the definitions are in for Burgoo. And once again, I have to throw out the definition of one David Lore. Oh, man. Mm. Which I thought was wrong. Then I went and looked it up, and in fact, it was right. Although not the definition that I have. Oh, then it doesn't count. But I count it. Because it was right. Wait, he gets no points or he gets points? He gets three points. Oh, Maybe in the future oh, you should just send David a list of words <laughs> that you're thinking of using ahead of time, and okay. then and he can and tell whether he knows them or not. Like I feel like David could play by mail at this point. <laughs> I'll I'll be your Ed McMahon. All right. So here are the remaining definitions. Wait, but one of these definitions is still right. That's right. No, he removed the correct definition. Also, that makes it a lot harder. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just for fun. It involves eating bugs, Glenn. It's okay. Just checking. Yeah, yeah this round works different from all the other rounds. <laughs> all right, so these are the definitions. 
An Egyptian stew of eggplant, fava beans, and lamb. <laughs> Slang for a small village. A thick oatmeal gruel eaten by sailors. A heavily seasoned pasta dish traditionally made with goat meat. A fish found near anemones in coral reefs. Or a furtive gesture. One of those is the correct definition for burgoo. Which one is it? I'm going to ask Aline first. Aline, which of those is correct? Um, let's go with a furtive gesture. A furtive gesture. Okay. Furtive gesture. <laughs> <laughs> nice beaver. Okay, Thank David. You. No, I'm not going to ask David. He's yeah, don't out ask me. The heck don't ask me guy. yet. I will ask Jason, however. I'm going to say thick oatmeal gruel. Thick oatmeal gruel. Brian. I'm imagining David worked on a play where uh, everyone was a sailor and they were eating burgoo. So whatever the sailors ate, that's what I'm going with. That's like oatmeal gruel. <laughs> thick oatmeal gruel. Thick oatmeal gruel eaten by sailors. And David at one point. Oh, God, no. <laughs> All right. Um, ba, 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 that uh, takes us to Tony Sindelar. Tony, uh, what do you think? I don't want to pick. I really think it's the oatmeal thing. I don't want to pick the thing everyone else is picking, but I'm picking it. I'm picking the oatmeal thing now. <laughs> don't pick the oatmeal thing. It'll get infected. <laughs> Glenn. I'm going for pasta goat. <laughs> pasta goat. <laughs> Not to be confused with taco cat or pizza dog. <laughs> That only seasons pasta with goat meat. The seasoning blocks out the taste of the goat meat. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Aline thought that a furtive gesture was a burgoo. Nope. That was Jason's answer. Point. Yay. Woo. Yay. Yay. Happy to help. Yep. Glenn thought that a heavily seasoned pasta yeah. dish traditionally made yeah. of goat meat was a burgoo. It wasn't. That was oh. Tony's answer. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Meanwhile, goat. Jason, Brian, and Tony all thought that a burgoo <sighs> was a thick oatmeal gruel eaten by sailors. It was. That was the correct answer. Yeah. What? And you can wow. put it on pustules. Apparently, a burgoo is also a thick stew made from chicken or other small game and vegetables, originally from Kentucky and Tennessee, as David And who lives out. right next to Kentucky? How could that be? How could it be originally from there if sailors are eating it? I don't know. But that's they sailed to Kentucky and then they every well, but every then it's not originally. I think all these sailors, sailors that retired. To <laughs> the definition should be secondarily from Kentucky. They made burgoo so, and they said, "Wow, this is foul. This reminds me of that crap we ate on the boat." Yeah. Every every damned restaurant in like within like two hundred miles of me has burgoo on the menu, and most of them do it with chicken. Does anyone ever order it? Or, oh yeah. Oh, people love it. <laughs> I wouldn't pick up a menu that had burgoo on it. People love it. It's it's disgusting. But I mean, most of the places, most of the places make it with chicken. They make it with with game. But the 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 legend is that the true burgoo is made with squirrel. Okay, I've got to try this. I'm googling Boston burgoo. <laughs> oh, don't don't Google Boston burgoo. <laughs> yeah, don't don't, don't make that same mistake for, that I made for sure. Well, that's why I came up with Egyptian stew because I thought it might actually be pretty close, but was only slightly close. Oh. It was sort of closeish. Actually, if you hadn't put Egyptian, I might have thought about giving it to you but but yeah that, that would be why i i gasped come on right. when he said burgoo so three points for david three points for jason three points for tony <laughs> two points for brian which means that at the end of round four here are our totals so david is in the lead with 11 points he's over the halfway mark in second is brian with eight in Woo. third glenn with six in fourth tony with four 
Jason has moved into fifth with three points. Woo-hoo. And Lean is in sixth with one. Yay. And I'm back there somewhere just, you know, scratching myself. You're in seventh. I'm in seventh. That's right. With nothing. Yeah. Lucky no number less than seven. Four to six hours should be devoted to making a burgoo. Some recipes call for a 24 hour cooking period. Burgoo should be prepared outdoors over an open fire. So it's not true burgoo if you cook it for too long. I like a nice four squirrel burgoo, you know? That's like a, uh, a couscous, the way they do it in France, where the couscous is the cooking, not the. That's the, the noise the squirrel makes as it's dying. Couscous! <laughs> you know what goes well with a burgoo? Pooks. 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 Try a sous vide burgoo. Soupy the burgoo, yes. Gesundheit. What does that do to the tail? Hey, hey, oh. Steve, round five is just like a regular old round, isn't it? That's just round five. All right. What do you want? Nope, that's it. I, I want the comfort of a regular old round before the crazy round happens. All right. Here's a regular old round. Here it is. Round five. The word is sororit. Sororit. S-O-R-O-R-A-T-E. Sororit. Please send me your definitions for sororit. Right now. <laughs> what are you laughing about, Glenn? <coughs> Pictures of raccoons, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves more questions than it answered. Oh my god. Wow. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the uh, thing on Twitter about the, the, the police report of the person who... Um, had a, a an alcohol um, blood alcohol lock on his car, so he went into the nearby park and got a raccoon, and had the raccoon blow on the. Uh, he squeezed the raccoon and had it blow into the tube so he could drive home. Wow! Like a bellows. But, like... but in the in the squeezing of the raccoon, the raccoon passed out, and he just tossed it in the back of the car, <laughs> and then apparently the raccoon woke up and attacked him, and he had to call the police. It's it's got it. It can't be true, but it was on Twitter, and it was too good a story not to. Yeah, I mean, share. if you're if you're drunk enough to get a raccoon to help you, <laughs> or not drunk, if you're sober enough to to employ a raccoon in your assistance, you're sober enough to drive. I'm just a country oh, lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just like that idea of using it kind of like a cartoon bellows. Exactly right. Raccoons are not that. Raccoons are not known for their cooperative nature. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> It said he got scratches and so forth, yeah. but... Uh, raccoons are terrifying. A full-size raccoon. Yeah. Oh, my they're God. Scary. He was drunk. Yeah. He had no idea what he was doing. And they're full of rabies. I mean, so, that's like... They're, they're bad on, like... like <laughs> the I believe 20% of the weight of a raccoon is rabies. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in Long Beach periodically uh, when I would travel a lot, and... Um, raccoon City, I hear they used to call yeah, it. Well, this was, down, this was down basically at the port. Like, the hotel was right there, and mm-hmm. there, were, there were just hundreds of these wharf cats that were living out there and among them were raccoons that had i guess made common ground with the cats or something because they all hung out together but some guy would come and he would dump cat food out because he was uh, an idiot and um a a kindly old idiot but um yeah and the raccoons man if you tried to approach the raccoon when they were going to town on cat food they would stand up on their hind legs and hiss at you i mean yeah that yep. uh, that scene in Elf where the the raccoon takes on Will Ferrell is pretty legit, and it is terrifying. I mean, they get pretty big when they puff up like that. Have you ever seen a trapped otter? <laughs> you were in a Turkish, in a Turkish do, prison. Do you like gladiator films? Something Glenn Billy? regularly asks of middle schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a grown man naked. 
Ever seen a trapped otter in a locker room? I saw a documentary once in which they were trapping otters, and otters seemed very pleasant. And once they put it into a cage, it was the most terrifying. It was like literally like the uh, the uh, Tasmanian devil. It was terrifying. Never cage. Turns out otter. animals don't like to be. Yeah, I know why the caged otter is really angry because <laughs> he's in a cage. That's poetic. <laughs> it was such a good sequel. That, that Maya Angelou. My God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all the definitions are in. Thank goodness. For Wait, what are we I hate to put an end to this fascinating discussion, but this, the definitions This was are the here. raccoon round, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Sororit. It's wait, Sororit, it's a it's something that looks like a woman, but it's actually Sororit. full of raccoons. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of raccoons wearing a trench coat. All right, I'm going to read the definitions now. Here they are. Sororit of or referring to sisters. Semicolon. A sisterly bond. The sister that one confides in the most. A sorority pledge going through the initiation process. A shirt worn by agrarian laborers, usually made of coarse material. A friendly relationship among adult women. Sorry, I didn't mean to make that sound so <laughs> creepy. It just came out that way. So often happens. A member of a sorority post-pledging. That's a fine distinction, but this is post-pledging. And the custom of marrying one's dead wife's sister. Those are the definitions for sororit. <laughs> David Lohr, which of those do you think is the legitimate definition? Well, I think it probably has something to do with sisters. <laughs> Apparently, it seems like everyone's thinking that. Do, right? Everyone's yeah. thinking that, and no one got it right right off <laughs> no, the bat. That so. shirt, mm. that shirt is sitting right out I there. Like the sisterly bond, because it's you know it's sort of. Makes you think of sorority, but it's not quite sorority. Um, I I like the 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 marrying the dead wife's sister. Oh boy! Thing because that's let's not take know, that out of context. Wrong, <laughs> David. Let's unpack that. Uh, I mean, it's it's not, it's not pustules, but the pustules of a dead sister. This is a hard. Uh, it's a hard decision. I understand. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. Surely Sister there was a play that you were in involving several women involved in some kind of. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 tough between the the nice, sweet, sisterly bond and the creepy necrophiliac thing. Um, <laughs> Not marrying a wife's dead sister. It's a dead wife's sister. <laughs> oh, I'll go with the dead sister. What the hell? Going with who? The dead sister. I mean, the dead wife's oh. sister. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with someone who's dead. The new Tim Burton movie, Mary. Well, the, the dead wife's wife is dead herself sister. a sister. So. Corpse bride. Corpse sister. Someone's Bob's dead sister. sister. All Sequel right. Corpse bride. Jason, what do you think? I'm going to go with um, a friendly relationship among adult women. All right. Brian. Uh, ditto. Friendly relationship among adult women. Very good. Tony. I will go with uh, marrying the uh, sister of your dead wife. All right. And Glenn? I am sure that David wrote Agrarian Laborers Course, Laborers course Shirt. <laughs> Positive about that. So I'm not picking that one. Uh, I'm in I your think head. it is a member of a sorority post pledging. All right. And Aline? I, I think it's the. Bond between sisters. Okay. So, Aline thought that sororit was of a referring to sisters, semicolon, a sisterly bond. Nope, that was Jason's answer. Hi. Uh, I'm just going to hand points <laughs> to Jason. I'm just, I appreciate it. Yeah. You're my Dan. Yeah. 
Indeed. Jason and Brian both found themselves attracted to a friendly relationship among adult women. Phrasing. Turns out you were attracted to Glenn's answer. (laughs) (laughs) No need to rephrase that. Meanwhile, Glenn thought that uh, Sororit was a member of a sorority post-pledging. Nope, that was David's answer. (laughs) You were so sure it was the shirt worn by the agrarian laborers that you went completely Hmm. to, to David. I was so happy when, when you're like, I'm, I'm absolutely positive David wrote this one. So I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> oh, man. Meanwhile, beautiful. the custom of marrying one's dead wife's sister was guessed by both David and Tony. That is the correct definition oh, wow. for sorority. Oh, wow. In some cultures, apparently that is something that is done when your wife passes on or is mm-hmm. unable to produce child. That is another possible reason. You then move on to the sister. My culture and the Jewish religion, we do that. How, uh, how does the Adpatris, uh figure in there? I don't know. <laughs> There's probably a Gaia Scutus involved at some point okay, as well. Good. So that, That's from the Esplend sack. Mm. Mm. So for this round, three points to Jason, three points to David, two to Glenn. Nobody else gets nothing. No, I get I get. Uh, Tony gets two. I get one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. Wrong. Jason gets one. Tony gets two. That's better. Eat it, somebody. Right. Somebody needs to make <laughs> it. Eat, eat, eat it two points. <laughs> eat it, spreadsheet. After round five, the totals are as follows. David is in striking distance with 14 points. Uh, All right, time to grim trigger David. Yep. Sweep the legs. Uh, let's see. I'm tied for second with eight points, Brian and Glenn. In third with six, it's Tony. I'm not embarrassed of that. In fourth with four points, it's Jason. In fifth is Aline, holding steady at one, holding even steadier at zero. It's me. I'll get you guys next time. And your little dog, too. All right, on to round six. (laughs) Hey, it's round six. It's the crazy (gasps) round. All right. Oh, sweet. This is the round where anything can happen. I love Mm. that. I'd like to wager all my points. (laughs) 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 You said anything can happen. I'm making the rules now. I'm in charge. That can't happen. Anything could happen potentially happen it doesn't mean but it's it going to happen to oh <laughs> well there i feel like there needs just, to be a disclaimer just relax that. there mister just relax round six the word for round six is okay here it is i had to look up the pronunciation because this is a crazy word for the crazy round the word is boss stretchizer boss stretchizer david probably knows this word <laughs> That son of a gun. Okay, the Bostrechies are the word is spelled B-O-S-T-R-U-C-H-Y-Z-E-R. Bostrechieser. Wow. What? Please. B-O-S-T-U-R-T-R-U? Wait, B-O-S-T-R-U? B-O-S-T-R-U. What's that? C-H-Y-Z-E-R. Oh, Z-E-R. That's right. Bostrechieser. Not Bostrechieser. He he was terrific in Super Bowl two. Post stretcheaser. All right, please send me your definitions for this stupid word. Now. Post stretcheaser Scrooge. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna rephrase my definition to you, Steve. Oh my god, no, that's not allowed. Oh wait what? a minute, it's the crazy round, just this one time I'll allow it. <laughs> No, is that such a drastic change? I don't know. I haven't read it. I'm, I'm reading somebody else's right now. I'll go back. I'll let you know. Wow, no, not drastic at all. Woo! Thanks. Thanks. Do I get a point? 
Had it been too drastic, I might have gotten confused. <laughs> I might still get confused. We'll just have to see. It is the crazy round, after all. Anything could happen. Bo Stretchieser. Recording. <laughs> Somebody had to. Mm. Really weird waiting for the definitions without music. I'm imagining like some kind of Western, uh, old Western <laughs> cowboy thing happening here. It, it could be Johnny Cash's rejected theme from Thunderball, which is awesome and horrible and really weird. Just joining us, somebody is. This, by the way, the name of the show is not Slow Definition. Whoever is still working, <laughs> Low Definition. Not slow. Plot twist: It's Jason trying to cover his butt. All right, all the definitions are in. And shockingly, David Lore did not know what a bow stretcheaser was. Wow. What? I'm shocked and, what? and a little, little ashamed, actually. I, all I right. feel dirty now. The word was bow stretcheaser. Here are the definitions oh, you kooks came God. up with, along with a real one. Guess which one is which. Bow stretcheaser, an early forerunner of the stapler, which folded page corners and cut notches to connect pages together. A breed of chicken known for their compact size, docile nature, and vibrantly colored feathers. A small kind of comb for curling the whiskers. A Ukrainian feast to celebrate the end of the harvest. A tool used in tapping a maple tree for its syrup. Traditional Polish garb for a young woman. And an enzyme that dissolves cheese curds. One of those... Ridiculous definitions is the real definition for Bo Stretchieser. I think it has something to do with sisters. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Sisters are doing it for themselves now. Yeah. I leave it to Jason Snell to tell me which is which. Well, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to say it's a breed of chicken. It's crazy, but <laughs> it's not crazy. that crazy. Anything I mean, it is happen. the crazy road. All right, a breed of chicken for Jason. Brian, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very popular children's book, by the way. Yeah. Like chicken for Jason. <laughs> it's like blueberries for Sal. It's a sequel no. for Flowers to Alishnan. Hmm. I'm going to choose the uh, Ukrainian feast. Do I get a Ukrainian feast now? No. Oh. No, you get a colorful chicken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted one of those. Tony Sindelar, what do you think? Uh, I will go with... Uh, I'm going with the chicken all the way. Going with the chicken all the way. Welcome, my chicken buddy. Crazy rabbits. Well, double down on the chickens. Yep. Don't go all the way with the chicken, Tony. It's bad form. Glenn, what do you think? Well, you may not know this, but I was trained as a typesetter. and No, I never heard that story, Glenn. Why don't you tell us more? <laughs> not even commercially? <laughs> uh, and uh, I have some very strange memories of typesetting. And you know what, Glenn? You no. should be on Jeopardy. <laughs> Showing me something similar. I think the bro stretcheser might be because a lot of stuff in you know the printing industry is named after people, not made of people, named after people. I insist. Uh, so I'm going to go with the early bro thing. Stretcheser like is a, people. A stapler-like thing. A stapler-like thing. All right. Aline, what say you? I heard the stapler-like thing and immediately thought that's what Glenn wrote. So I'm not going with that one. Um, <laughs> Uh, Should someone tell him how this works, or even though he picked it, but I would not trust Glenn. He has yeah. picked his own. He's before. picked his own answer he's, before. Yeah. He's tricksy. Um, he likes raccoons. I, I think my I'll friends, go with I the pick my answers. Polish garb. 
Polish garb for Aline. And David, what do you think? Well, it, it does sound like a tool. Because um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not well, the it's only a, one. It's a, way, like you know. a tool. <laughs> it's a bowstrichizer. You know, it's not... It's not uh, uh, a, a breed or, or clothing or a feast, right? It's it's a tool, but there are too many tools. Um, oh, there are too many. Tools. That's what they say about yeah. this podcast. Call me? <laughs> like I like the stapler. I like the comb. Uh, I like the thing tapping the trees. I think I'm going to go with tapping the trees. Tapping the Tap trees that, yes. for syrup. You're All right, tap the trees. Well, in this the crazy round, round six. Should I roll initiative? No. All, answer, <laughs> all answers are correct. These are all I true. designate Steve as my quarry. What made it the crazy round? Well, it's round six. It's just oh. round six. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because it seems, it seems similar to previous Well, round also, six the fact a... that anything can happen here, yeah. Tony, uh-huh. makes it oh, crazy. Okay. Well, it's round six, yeah. Come on, man. That's, that's yeah. almost the very definition of crazy. Get fact, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that you even had to ask. I guess crazy is doing the same thing multiple times and expecting different results. So Crazy yeah. is doing the same thing multiple times. <laughs> Whatever. It's the crazy round. Uh... So, it's so crazy that uh, nobody got the right answer this time, uh, meaning six points for me. Oh, oh no. no. A bow stretchizer is, in fact, a small kind of comb for curling the whiskers. Whoa. Wow. I thought that was stretchizer. Oh, my. Uh, so, six points for this guy. That takes me out of the back end. I'm pretty happy about that. I thought you liked uh, the seal anyway. <laughs> Glenn thought that... Don't finish that <laughs> A colorful Glenn thought chicken. that a most stretchizer was an early forerunner of the stapler. Nope, that sure. was David's answer. Ah, One point for David. That was clear. You're my Dan. Damn uh-huh. it. Jason and Tony both went with a breed of chicken known for its compact size. That was actually Tony's answer. Tony, you guessed your own answer? I didn't feel good about any of the other answers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to risk giving David points. That was a strategy. Interesting. <laughs> Ridiculous, but interesting. But you know what? I, I appreciate that you've gotten into the spirit of the crazy round. That's great. Yeah, that's right. Good job. Yeah, you said anything could happen, and it and did. <laughs> I guess that was it. I was not lying, sir. You you glend yourself. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Brian thought that a Ukrainian feast to celebrate the end of harvest was a bowstretchizer. It was Aline's answer instead. Mm. David went with a tool used in tapping a maple tree for its syrup. That was Jason's answer. Hi. And Aline thought it was a traditional <laughs> Polish garb for a young woman. That was Brian's answer. Quid pro quo, Aline. <laughs> so, points for everybody this turn. Except Glenn. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> Woo! Oh. Woo! This round is yeah! just that Wait, crazy. All right. So, after round six, the crazy round, <laughs> David is still in the lead with 15 points. In second, Brian with nine Tony and Glenn each have eight for third place. In fourth place, me, your host with six points. I am so stoked. What? (laughs) And in fifth place, Jason with five. You're such a stretchizer. (laughs) And in sixth place, Aline with two. I have two. But I'm pulling for you, Aline. You're good. You're going to this round. It's your round. I can sense it. it. Yep. I can taste it. Everybody, just my answer. It's going to be amazing. All right. Round seven. We're going to do something a little different with round seven. I'm going to give you the title of a movie, and you guys are going to write for me a plot synopsis of that film. Oh, One line yeah. plot synopsis oh, of the kind that like, shows like up a on TV, TV. Like a TV log <laughs> line. Exactly basically. right. So if the movie were, uh, say, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
your answer might be something like a adventurous archaeologist races Nazis uh, in a search for raccoon the finds Ark hat. Of the Covenant. Yeah. Yes, raccoon finds hat. Exactly right. <laughs> so the movie for this uh, for this round is Rat Fink a Boo Boo. Rat Fink a Boo Boo. It had to be rats. Rat Fink P F I N K space A space Boo Boo. Please send me your silly plot synopsis now. Wait, is that Boo Boo B U B U or B O O B O? B O O space B O O. You didn't say that space. The ranger wouldn't like it, Yogi. Think with a PH, rat think a boo boo. PF, I'm sorry, did I say PH? I'm feeling good about this one. Rat. You said P- P-F-I-N-K. Oh, P-F? Yes. That changes everything. That's just. Oh my god. It's all comes through now. Rat think a boo boo. Rat think a boo boo. Next, I will have you compose a theme song for Rat Fink a Boo. E F I N K P followed by F P F I N K followed by F. I'll follow something with an F. It's like if you were if you were in uh, colonial times and you wanted to write P S at the end of something, it would look like a P F. That's the P F that we're going for. Here. Followed by ink or Michelle Pfeiffer. You might you might write it in ink and then it would be P F ink. I've actually heard of this movie. Me too, but I don't know a single thing about it. I actually remember reading about it and thinking, what a strange title for whatever this movie is actually about, but I, for the life of me, can't remember what it's actually about. Sad. David, meanwhile, is probably sending Steve a synopsis complete with all the actors who are in it. You might be correct. Mm-hmm. It's more like raccoon a boo-boo at this point. raccoon a boo They compete. For the picnic baskets. Uh-huh. The picnic basket. Picnic basket. Yeah. R.I.P. Yogi Bear. Picnic basket. All right. All of the definitions, well, all of the plot synopses are in for Rat Fink a Boo Boo. Rat Fink a Boo Boo. There was Rat Fink in the Boo Boo. <laughs> song practically writes itself. You got your Rat Fink in my Boo Boo. You got your Boo Boo in my Rat Fink. Two terrible tastes that taste even worse together. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yes. Rat Fink a Boo Boo. Here are the plot synopses, both fake and real, for Rat Fink a Boo Boo. A musical teeny bopper comedy starring Johnny Racer and the race to win the heart of Betty. A young woman, new to the big city, becomes enmeshed in a sordid world of crime. In this underappreciated 30s classic crime drama, the heroes are liars and the liars are heroes. A tale of deceit that will keep you guessing until the very end. Brought to you by David Lore. Nice. An animated rodent finds a home in a hospital where he helps children heal. (laughs) Oh, I want it to be that one. A rock star becomes a superhero to rescue his girlfriend from an evil gang and a gorilla. The heartwarming tale of a street urchin who works his way out of poverty and, in the process, helps heal his community. That's Rat Fink a Boo Boo. That's what you guys have to choose from. You forgot to read one that would be plausibly correct. (laughs) (laughs) First up, guessing is Brian. Brian, what do you think? Oh, dear God. Um, hmm. My favorite is a musical teeny bopper comedy, but I think think that Glenn wrote that, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, 
He actually Wait, wrote the songs words. too. Stay away from those Glenn answers, man. They're bad news. <laughs> <laughs> what is a street urchin rises up to blah 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 at the very end? Okay. Do you want me to reread it or are you just being Jeopardy esque? I'm being Jeopardy esque. All right, street urchin for Brian. Tony. Uh I'll go with the street urchin. Glenn. Rockstar superhero makes me think that the Abu uh, Boo is like a song thing. I'm going with Rockstar Super. Is that the one with also with a gorilla, or is the other one with a gorilla? Gorilla, evil gang gorilla. That's comma gang, comma gorilla, and gorilla. I'm going with Rockstar Superhero Gang Gorilla. You can imagine that the studio made them add a gorilla, like Rockstar Superhero Gang Gorilla. Yep. With a special raccoon guest, an invisible gorilla only he can see, (laughs) and helps the children heal. Uh, (laughs) Aline, what do you think? (laughs) Uh, No, they don't. They don't heal in that one. I'm going to go street urchin, I guess. Street urchin for Arlene. A lot of people piling up on the street urchin. Like you do. <sighs> David, we're skipping you. Jason. <laughs> I'm going to go with the musical teeny bopper comedy. <laughs> musical teeny bopper comedy for Jason Snell. All right. Jason, you thought that Rat Finkaboo-Boo was a musical teeny bopper comedy starring Johnny Racer and the race to win the heart of Betty. That was actually made up by Brian... Uh, I realized I put racer and race right next to each other. It's Jesus good, Christ. It's good enough. <laughs> they, I've seen, that I've movie exists. That movie you're, totally you're exists. <laughs> a lot of you thought that that would be Brian, Tony, and Lean thought that Rat Finkaboo was a heartwarming tale of a street urchin who works his way out of poverty and in the process helps heal his community. That actually was Aline's answer. It was. Ooh, good job, Aline. Very nice. Nailed it. Good work. I told you this was <laughs> going to be your round. I told you. Yeah. Three points for Aline. Glenn thought that uh, Rat Finger Boo Boo was about a rock star who becomes a superhero to rescue his girlfriend from an evil gang and a gorilla. That's Rat Finger Boo Boo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I don't want to be correct if that's what correct Rick is. Ray Dennis Steckler's masterwork. Yes. And the reason uh, David is sounding smug about that is because he knew... <laughs> The actual plot synopsis for Rat Finkaboo, which of course brings his total to eighteen, meaning David for this well for the first time for the first time yes has won low definition. Congratulations, David! Nice job, well done, Thank well, you. Done. well done. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you unintentionally giving the answers I knew. Yes. Good well, grief. we'll we'll figure that out somehow. Yes. I'll find something you don't. Know. <laughs> the Venn diagram of answers you know and answers you don't is just a circle, David. <laughs> I have yet to know an answer. Oh my god, Ratfink and Boo Boo are the main characters of this movie. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, see, when when you wow. said it's two great tastes that don't work together, yeah. it's because it actually started out he he was making a straight crime drama, a noir kind of thing, and then Batman was popular on on TV, and he went, "Hey!" and he added a superhero literally halfway through the film, a guy just walks into a closet and comes out as Ratfink and uh, it just becomes this insane. It, I mean, it literally shifts completely. It's like two different movies. Boo Boo, by the nuts. way, is the cut rate Robin that uh, that is his sidekick. Yes. Oh the st- my! The story so, I mean, goes seriously. That, uh, that, go watch that it because they accidentally put Rat Fink a Boo Boo down and couldn't afford to add the two extra letters to all the promotional <laughs> material. <laughs> Apparently, that's not actually true. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, what's his face. Ray, uh, Ray Dennis Steckler. Ray Steckler, actually, his young son uh, saw the title and couldn't pronounce it properly and said Rat Finka Boo Boo. And he said, that's perfect. Let's call it Rat Finka Boo Boo. So. That's oh genius. My God. You're hired. 
Anywho, that's Rat Finka Boo Boo. This, uh, yeah. Surprised you didn't know this, Jason? Uh, I know of it, but I didn't know the plot. <laughs> this was uh, this was on the list of suggestions that I put out for rocket surgery a while back. Yes, mm-hmm. thinking that oh. you know you would probably go down oh. the list and look up what was, what these movies were actually <laughs> I about. Did, I did, and I did, and I, then I probably forgot. <laughs> and then you forgot. Okay. Scott McNulty would be proud of me. Right, mm. Good job. Good job. Oh, that's a '60s movie. We could do that for rocket surgery. Uh, let's. let's. Oh, there's a gorilla. That's exciting. <laughs> there is a gorilla. It, There's it got to be a better movie it, with a crowd. It will make you feel so much better about Zardoz, I mm. promise. With that no good Jimmy Brown out there and the gorilla on the loose. I had uh, another no. possibility for the movie, but I wanted to do Rat Finka Boo Boo at some point, and I saw a while back that Monty actually watched it a couple of weeks ago, so I had to make sure, <laughs> with him not playing in this game, yes. that, uh, that we got it out of, there, out of the way. So, after only seven rounds, David has won. Here's how the scores break down. David wins with 18 points. Uh, with in second place, tied for second with ten. Brian and Glenn, good job. Nice. In third place with six points, all alone. It's little old me. And tied up in last place with five points each. It's Aline and Jason. High five! Woo! Yay! But you know, playing is its own reward. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, I feel quite re- rewarded. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Brian, Tony, Glenn, Aline, David, and Jason. I appreciate you joining me for the first episode of Low Definition. Uh, if you uh, have enjoyed this little show and uh, want to suggest words or maybe some potential future rounds we might play, uh, feel free to hit us up at our Twitter account, which is LowDefGS. The GS is for Game Show. Uh, or send an email along to lowdefgs at theincomparable.com. This has been Low Definition. I have been Steve Lutz. Until next time, Burgoo to you. (laughs) 